0: Hello and welcome to the Coifcast. This one doesn't need much introduction, really. 240 plus games, Super League Dream Team, Super League League Leader Shield winner, multiple finalist for the Casper Tigers, an absolute legend of the club and possibly, possibly the greatest Australian to have ever donned the black and amber. You love him, I love him. I think you're going to love what you're going to hear over the next hour or so. Thank you so much to Grant Millington for giving us his time to join the COIFcast. You'll enjoy this, I'm sure you will. Let's just get straight into it. Enjoy. Grant, thanks for coming on. I mean, I've asked a few times of kind of the followers of the podcast, like who they want to kind of, if I can get interviews, who, who would they like to hear from, who would they like to go on the podcast, and you are top of the list nine times out of ten uh all the time i think people are gonna gonna absolutely love this one so uh yeah how how are you mate how are things
1: yeah good good settled settled in well back here in, in australia obviously and um out in the real world now real job first time ever and um but mate yeah i'm loving it it's um i've been pretty lucky with with where we've landed and 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 how we're going so um yeah it's been a good transition
0: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's hard to believe. I was trying to think back, and originally I had in my notes it's been eighteen months. It's not. It's been two and a half years now, hasn't it? Um, yeah. s- since you left Cast, which is crazy. But going back to twenty twenty one doesn't feel like that long ago. Um, yeah. So how have you kind of ad- adapted, kind of back to life? Obviously, taking your family back over to Oz, and what you're doing for a job now. What's the kind of what's the kind of situation at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think Matt. I think I've been lucky, um, with the transition from life after footy, um, in the sense that I'm still involved um I've only just finished last season it was my last season playing um playing for a side in Wollongong called the Wollongong West where Red Devils um it's a to it's a, it's a bring local club um they've been really really helpful to me and my family and made the transition um into part-time footy and into life life pretty easy so they've they've been fa- fantastic for us um I'm working in the in the mines um which is funny, the Cassie old coal mining town. And now I'm yeah, working in a coal mine myself. <laughs> um, I'm working as a, I'm 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 not quite there yet. I'm not far off being signed off, but I'm a driller in the, in the mines. Wow. Um, so we go in and, and we drill through the coal seams and, and extract all the gas to make it safe for, for the the miners to come through and, and take it all out. So been a pretty big learning curve, as you'd imagine. Um, I work a night shift, which, um, which took me a little bit to get used to, but it, it really fits in with the family now. I mean, put the kids can put the kids to bed at, at 7.30, 8 o'clock and have an hour or so with the wife and then head off to work and I'm home. Sometimes I'm home just in time to walk, walk them to school and I'll wake up a little bit after they they get home. So I don't really miss any time with the family and it, and it's good. Um, Fridays are tough. Get home and try and stay awake the whole day so you can flip back over to nights, but can be a bit grumpy Fridays but it is what it is and um man yeah I've gone into coaching now so um I'm an, I'm assisting our coach at, at West um uh this is my first obviously been only been doing it for a couple of weeks but I've learned so much already there's there's a there's a lot to like it's so easy to like a skill that I would do a thousand times over and it's ingrained in me that, to then coach it and explain it and break it down without using too many words it's mm-hmm. is um it's it's, it's Interesting to adapt. Um mate, I've en- I'm enjoying it and-, and I've enjoyed the transition back. The family are really good. The kids adapted so quickly. Um, um going into new schools. They went to a few new schools to start with, but until we landed here in Wollongong. And um, but mate, it's just great to be home and, and around the family.
0: That's brilliant to hear, mate. Brilliant to hear that the transition's been good. Um and yeah, it's such a Funny little coincidence here, yeah, the mining thing, and I mean, at my house yeah. where I'm currently sat is built on <laughs> the, the old the old pit here in Casper. so it's a uh, yeah crazy little uh, coincidence, I guess there. But yeah, brilliant to hear all that, and uh, brilliant to hear you back in coaching. Oh, you're going into coaching as well. Is that something you want to take to, to kind of the next levels and kind of see how see how kind of far you go coaching, or are you happy to just just kind of be a thing to kind of keep you foot in the door?
1: Um, it's, yeah, it's a strength. It's, possibly, it's not. I wouldn't rule it out, but it's um. You know, I got a good job. Um yeah. it's it's providing for the family and um made it I don't know how far I'd like to take it. I think I'll always be involved in it in, in some way. Um I was talking to uh Jordan Rankin who's um who was at, at CAS a couple of years ago, he's coaching at Para. Right. Um he's he's doing the twenties there. He asked me if I'd like to go and give him a hand there. But um, you know, before I step into like a an NRL system I'd like to try and take control of my own team at some point and, and, and learn my style and my way of coaching before I entered the system, you know, cause I sort of felt like once you enter that system, that'd probably be your shot shot at it. So I've got a lot, I think I've got a lot to learn as learn coaching wise, even though I, I feel like I know the game pretty well dealing with the players and, and teaching those skills. I'd, I'd like to get my head around first. So if that was something I did, I'd probably like to be pretty patient with it and, and, and take, Taking time with it and make sure I'd be ready if I wanted to go that way, but um, mate, the environment that we've got at West is um, is pretty good. So for now, I'm I'm pretty happy, pretty happy there. Even yeah. though I'm only assisting at the moment. In the long run, there, there might be an opportunity to to take over. So, um, but yeah, as I said, pretty happy with
0: it at the moment. It's great to hear. It's great to hear. I mean, obviously, the league is it's going to be in your blood forever. I mean, just kind of going back to this kind of th- the start of the journey, I guess for you. I mean, was it always kind of the dream uh, for you, kind of growing up? You know, obviously kind of League really area uh from around about where you're, where you're from and
1: not at all i was um i never made a rep like over here you got all the like the local rep teams and they play them from say at the under 12s all the way through i never made one um mm-hmm. until i was about 16 15 16 i made um i never made a local side but i ended up making a, a state catholic schoolboy side and i sort of got picked up that way um never like i knew i was a, a decent player but i never hmm. thought i'd never entered my mind to to progress because i couldn't even make a local rep team um and to be honest at that age i was probably felt like i was probably a better cricketer than i was a rugby league player um and then you know as once i started making the schoolboy sides, i ended up getting an offer from the roosters um was, i think it was like like a scholarship thing they'd give me two grand or whatever and I was um, starting to progress in cricket as well, and I sort of had to make a decision which way I'd want to go. And you know, an offer of two grand to a sixteen-year-old kid comes through, and you and you snap it up. So <laughs> I sort of went that way. And um, I was never the most, really, probably the most naturally talented player either. Like um, I was obviously pretty talented, but there were many other players who were, who were who were better than me as a kid, and it was just something I ended up. Um, once the offer was in front of me and I realised that there was an opportunity to do it I worked at it and, and got better and, um, and and worked hard at it and obviously it's it's paid off for me I had a, a great career that I've enjoyed all aspects of it from um, from uh, well, from when I started playing that schoolboy stuff as a 16, 16 year old it's progressed and I've loved every minute
0: Yeah 100% obviously at the Roosters as you say your first, uh, your first step into the game that, that way into the kind of professional grade um, what, what kind of I'm obviously a huge club, but arguably the biggest club in the world. It's in the Roosters. I mean, what kind of characters were you around at that time, like around the club at that point, and what kind of influences did you kind of get as a young kid? Do you think kind of going through that Rooster system and then obviously later on uh, going on to Cronulla and Cronulla and then Canterbury?
1: Yeah, it was it was a big, big learning curve. Really, like I learned so much, especially that first year of dedication. Like I was. um so I first played ball and then went in and played, ended up, they asked me to come and play 20s and I was doing my HSC, which is um my final year of school here in Australia. And I was catching the train down from the central coast, doing my, all of my assignments on the train um, and then training, going home, doing my assignments on the way home. It was like a an hour and a half, two-hour journey each way mm-hmm. um, and having to get that done on, there and back and, I learned a lot of lessons doing that you know it was pretty tough i was getting home at 10 30 at night getting up going to school and doing that three four days a week sometimes it was wow. it was a big lesson but mate i um at first year i ended up playing a bit of reserve grade for the roosters um which was an experience as a young kid you know mm. um and back then the game was a lot more rough than it is now um you know i, I remember my first reserve grade game i Tackled a bloke called Jamie Small, got my head in tight, rolled him on his back, and I thought, oh, this is easy. And then he just put one straight on my chin. And I was like, <laughs> a bit shocked from that. So it was a bit of an eye opener. But mate, I we um I've still got plenty of mates. One of my best mates, Danny Williams. He's um I started playing with him in, in that in that grade. And um that, that year we played under twenties. We won that undefeated. I um ended up coming in there and there was a lot of lot of brilliant players in there. Jamie Sowards. Um, you know, he's probably the most notable that went on from that that side. Um, but um, the year after that, you know, I sort of got put into the full time um, into the full time area of, of of the club. wasn't a top twenty five player, but they had a group of kids that they would bring in and train yep. train with them, and that was a big eye opener. You know that you had Brad Fittler, Brett Finch, yep. um, all of the all of the stars there. That that Adrian yep. Morley was there that year. I think that might have been his last year. Um, Ricky Stewart was the coach and he was a massive influence on my career um, and that that side and that, the way that they played so aggressive and so professional um, that, that, that was a, a massive eye-opener as I said and um, yeah, you know, I mentioned Rick, Ricky Stewart there um, that he sort of when my time at the Roosters I was, sort of got stringed along a little bit, told they were going to re-sign me, going to re-sign me, I was obviously in a bit of a holding pattern there and um, a deal sort of fell through last minute and sticky sort of just threw me a lifeline. Um, he was a Cronulla. He'd moved on to Cronulla.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, threw, threw us a lifeline and said, man, it was pretty late in the piece. So he couldn't really offer me a, a full time sort of contract, but he said, I can chuck you 500 bucks a week and you can come and do a preseason. Um, and 500 bucks a week living in Sydney is not a whole lot of money. So thankfully the missus had just finished uni and we pulled a bit of cash and, um and
0: we went from there. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, obviously that's where that's where you made your your, your debut um for the sharks. I mean, what do you remember of that? Al? Even just those first kind of few games. I mean, I imagine obviously you talked about the step up to reserves. I mean, the step up to actually playing first grade in the NRL must have been, yeah, what what was that kind of that first debut experience like playing against the the big boys as it were?
1: Yeah, it was a it was a massive week for me, you know. Um my my grandfather actually died the week before. Wow. And so they had the funeral that week and um, I think from memory, the boys went down to a camp, We're in a camp in Kayama. and um, I'd have to, I had to come away from the camp and then come back and emotions were pretty all over the, all over the place, but it probably took my mind off it a little bit and yeah. I could like, and by then I'd played, I played a lot of reserve grade. I was 20, I think I was 21, but i have been playing reserve grade since I was 17, so um, I was used to, uh, playing against a lot of, a lot of back then, a lot of NRL players played reserve grade and it was pretty physical. Um, but I just remember the speed of the game and, and, and how fast it was and a couple of whacks. I remember I caught a, I got thrown a long ball from the, from the edge and it was a bit of a floater. I put my arms in the air and I got hit in the ribs by Tony Carroll and <laughs> that, that definitely felt that for a couple of days after, um. But maybe we won that game by a point. So um it okay. was a was a it was a good memory, you know. That side, our Cronulla side, we probably weren't the most attacking side. We won a lot of our games only by a few points, but um we were defensively really sound and um that 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 year obviously being my first first year sticks in my mind as a standout.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about your coach there as well. I mean, obviously coach is the massive influence of some players, and obviously we'll get to Pauli later on when we talk about cast, but yeah, Ricky Stewart. I mean, that's one of the the big the big names in the sport, isn't it? Uh, in t- in terms of in terms of him, how much of an impact did he have on your career? I know mean, you briefly mentioned it. He did have a big impact, but yeah, what, what did he kind of bring to your game, Ricky Stewart?
1: Uh, he's 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 all about mental toughness, Dick, and um, those first was probably that year at the Roosters is where you know I first stepped into it, and and it, you know, it sort of makes you realise where you've got to be. Because obviously you've got all these superstars at the Roosters around you and
0: yeah
1: your job as a kid is to just try and stick with them and learn as much as possible and i can't remember our first first year like we we just do hundreds 100 meter runs and it was just like non-stop stupid like it was insane it was full on um and it's just a after a certain amount of them you're not going to get any too much more fitness out of it it's all mental it's just get through that battle and and keep turning it up and um he taught like he, he ingrained that into us uh, like rugby wise, but um, to give us it, to give me the chance, like there's a few guys at West that I'm coaching now that probably should have played NRL. Like then they're just local. There's some such good players there. And mm. I feel like all they needed is one person to see something and believe in him. And I yep. think Pop Sticky was probably that guy for me. Like, um Without that that lifeline that he threw me to go to Cronulla for that, that five hundred bucks a week, I would have just probably ended up getting a job and and it would have never happened. But you know he sort of he's obviously given me an opportunity and for me it was um then my turn. He's I've been given the opportunity. I got to take it and I suppose that's what I did. I when I went there I think it was a six week. It was only a six week contract. Cool. Um, and then they've obviously extended me after the six weeks for another six weeks, and then, then later on in the year I ended up. I think I played seven first grade games that year, so it's just a, a persistence and, and seeing and that this is probably my last chance, and um, and I had to do everything I could. But Sticky was the bloke who gave it to me, so without him, I probably wouldn't have been able to achieve anything I did in the game.
0: Well, on behalf on behalf of cast fans everywhere, I'd like to thank Ricky Stewart. <laughs> yeah, i <think laughs> That's <you> <laughs> for, that, for that life, learning for you. That's for sure. Um, we'll skip forward a, a little bit. Then, obviously, we get to kind of 2011, where we're at yeah. the point where um the the move might happen. Obviously, I'm presumably you're at you're the dogs at this point. What what kind of how did it actually kind of come about the move to kind of come to cast and you know from the kind of the moment you thought you were moving on from Canterbury? Kind can of talk us through how that kind of came about.
1: Yeah, so when I signed at Canterbury, um. Nothing's ever guaranteed, but I was sort of told, um, look, you're you're a chance of being a start and back row for us. Um I was like, brilliant. Like and they do say, look, nothing's guaranteed. You've you've still got to work hard, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, but you're in the mix to be a starting back row. And I was like, Yep, sounds good to me. So I signed on. And then two weeks later they'd signed Big Frank Britchard as an edge back rower. So I was like, there's a fair bit of work to do there to knock an international out. So Matt, I just went there and, and tried to work hard. We had a brilliant reserve grade side there as well. I played most of the year in reserve grade. Um, played, I think I played seven or eight games of first grade, which was an honour because Canterbury is such a brilliant club as well. Yeah. Um, learned a lot about professionalism there. and um, They they are a, a brilliant club and I was glad to be a part of them. But um, about oh, three or four, oh, maybe a little bit earlier, I can't remember when, but um remember we were playing Newcastle at, at home and Benny Barber was sort of getting pushed into the in goal and I tried to push him out. And as I pushed him out, um, a Newcastle player, Joel Edwards, sort of come over the top and landed on my shoulder and I just felt it tear to, tear to pieces and um, ended up needing a shoulder reconstruction. Um, so when I had that, um, I was at Canterbury. I knew that I wasn't really going to play as much as I wanted and there was a chance that, you know, you can just dwindle, dwindle out to the rugby league pastures and 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 that'd be it and um, i was talking to my manager i was um i almost went overseas before i signed at canterbury um um but you know he said look you've played with the the quota system there's a rule that you have to have played i think it's 50 percent of your last two seasons in the nrl and i was obviously over that quota thing and if i had another season at canterbury where i played five or six games um i wouldn't have been eligible anymore so um Manager Steve Gillis just said, "Look, might be a, a good opportunity for us to look to go on overseas," and and I was I was all for it. You know, I, was, I always wanted to try and play overseas. There's no like the, to see the world playing rugby league. You couldn't ask for much more than that. And um, so yeah, so he had a look around. Um, I had a meeting with Peter Gentle. Um, he was the coach at Hull FC at the time.
0: Okay,
1: um, I was very very close to signing there, but they had Sam Obst, who was. Um, still on, on their roster that they were he said that he's likely going to move on and once he moves on we'll be able to sign you because they had um, they'd filled their quota and then Cass came along and spoke to Pete and he said look I don't know if it's going to happen you might as well take the contract that's in front of you and I took it and um, and the rest is history
0: absolutely absolutely I mean I guess so jog memory but it'll have been Ian Millard right that was the Ian Millard season yeah yeah yeah, a, a year, well, a year, a year we, it's a year we kind of try and put to the back of our minds a little bit as cast fans. Because, of, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah it's, I mean, Basil's probably not the and name that's kind of revered around cast nowadays. But I mean, the fact he was obviously brought you over is probably his, probably his greatest achievement as a cast coach. To be fair,
1: yeah. Look, everyone has different opinions on stuff, and I think Basil was a brilliant bloke. But obviously, it didn't work out for us on the field in in, in that while while he was there and. Um, but yeah, I think he signed me, signed Jake Webster. I think, I'm pretty sure. Did he bring Shenny back as well? I think he might have signed Shenny to come back. on um, yeah, he must have because Shenny was awesome. there when Basil was there. So mm. you know, if he, if anything, Cass fans can ask. Like yeah. I think that those two <laughs> fellas as well have been pretty special over 100%. over our time there. So yeah, but you know, it's all history, and we moved on.
0: And as you said, and it's um, and we had a pretty pretty good era after that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, yeah, I kind of joking sound around Basil. It's just, it was, how much research did you kind of do? I'm sure you did. Uh, before you kind of came over, because of the, I mean, obviously the club kind of grew from strength to strength in the years afterwards. But obviously it was in, it was in a pretty bleak spot. Uh, the time you kind of came across, it, it was probably the lowest point in, well, certainly a few years since the relegation. Uh, and like I say, it didn't last too long, thankfully. But yeah, how much were you kind of aware of the situation kind of before you came over, and was it a bit of a, was it a bit of a shock to the system when you kind of landed in the UK?
1: Oh, 100%. You know, I just come from Canterbury, who had just built a multi million dollar training um, <laughs> training place. Like they have, they had running tracks inside the gym for sprint work and plunge pools, big spa bars and plunge pools and cinema rooms for, for their, to do their video and all this sort of stuff. I turned up to Cass and the gym was in a, like a room, it was probably only, six meters by six meters and all that sort of stuff but at the same time I um sort of didn't come over any with any preconceptions and of what it should be and what it would be the manager made it made me pretty aware that it's not the same as the NRL you know you're going to go over there it's you're not looked after as much so I think that's what some guys who go who come over and and don't really fit in and don't really and go home within a year they're expecting it to be the same and it's just not It's just not the same. It is getting much, much better like than it was back in 2000 and will I arrived December 2011. Um, It is much, much better than then. But, um, you know, you just got to be aware that it's not the same and the cultures are, even though they're very very similar, it's pretty different at the same time. So, um, you know, research-wise about the club, I'd I'd looked up bits and pieces. I saw that they were getting a new stadium soon, which was going to be nice. (laughs) <laughs> um, and yeah, mate, it was just, as I said i come over with not too many ideas of how things would
0: or should be it was just sort of go with the flow, thank God Yeah, makes sense, makes sense uh, When you first landed then, in terms of trying to think back to who was involved in that kind of 2012 squad who were the, the kind of characters you kind of hit it off with kind of straight away in that team?
1: So I landed um, and I was agreed I went so I was actually staying at, at a friend of Ryan Goldrick's house so Goldie was there um they all bundled me into a cab took me straight to escape for a few beers for a big night out <laughs> There <It> was Goldie <laughs> rangy um I think Brett Ferris came Nick Youngquist was there um yeah if anything it helped me get over a bit of jet lag because I uh, eyes were hanging out of my head tied and straight to the straight to um the winner seam and and off we went
0: <laughs> that sounds about right that sounds about right
1: that yeah, um, sounds like that era
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I'd say so Um, it probably it wasn't too long then I guess it only within kind of a year and a bit of kind of Darrell uh, Powell comes around and then everything kind of changes from that point I think as a from a fan's perspective I'm sure it probably did uh from within the squad as well Everything there was a there was a shift so there seemed to be around a shift around that time uh, the kind of whole trajectory of the club just kind of took off really what was your kind of initial impressions of Pauli when he came in because obviously even himself, he what he didn't come that helded really. Obviously, he'd been at Featherstone in, in the division below. Never really worked for him at Leeds Rhinos and the short stint he had. So he came with a bit of points to prove himself, didn't he? What was your kind of initial impression of uh, at Cass?
1: Um, Look, when he first signed, you know, you sort of ask around the boys if they knew know anything about him and all that sort of stuff. And um, most all of the boys said he's a he's a pretty he's a good coach. But you know, you, you don't really you don't really know and um when he came in you know you just you could tell that he held himself the way he held himself that he was he was a proud he was a proud guy and um and you could just tell that he was going to work hard and 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 do everything he could to make make us have some success and you know at the time we were getting we were getting pumped every week and the fans were just happy if you had a had a go and tried um we never really thought well I I didn't from the initial little period that he came that we'd have any major success but I definitely thought we'd improve and um thank god we did you know we sort of had a as I said we had a a great little era there while while we're all together and it um it was you know we'd go into training and that first period there we just had some fun he didn't change too much with us and brought brought a bit of fun back and you know I think we started winning a few games towards the end of that season and um, it was good for us to have a bit of fun and a bit of confidence to take it into the next year and, um, and obviously we just built on that as the seasons went.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there was a fair bit of improvement in, in 2013 and then kind of 2014 comes around um, and that was something entirely new uh, for, for a cast fans really. That seemed like the first time it kind of really started to to click and also I think the first time in 2014 other teams and other clubs started really kind of paying attention uh, to what Torcast were doing and obviously... There was a Wembley appearance uh, that year. Kind of, I, I, I mean, everything that year. The semi-final was crazy with the the pitch invasion at the end of the game and all that kind of stuff. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just a, a mad old year, wasn't it? What was your impression of kind of 2014 and like things starting to go? Hang on a minute, we've we've kind of got something
1: there. Yeah, you know, Pally had his had his time to work with us in a preseason and put a few different attacking, more so attacking structures in place and. Um, The players we had were, some were really good, really good organisers and we had a bit of flair as well. And, um, you know, as you said, things just started to click for us. You know, we had Dorney at the back who was just so dominant and um, such a a good organiser and motivator. Um, And then you had Strike on the Edges, Shenny and Webbo and... um, our pack was pretty good. We we had a pretty skillful pack, and I think that's what we sort of built ourselves on. Like that's when we started to be, play pretty attractive footy. You know, I think that's when we started to become everyone's sort of second second team, and um, it was great to be a part of. Like we could, we still probably weren't the best team in the comp. Obviously, we weren't, but we um, we could we could beat anyone on our day. And if if we played well and they were a little bit off, you know. We'd, we'd give them all a really good shake and, um, you know, that's where the feeling of, um, you know, we, we got, got something here and we we could really start to build on it really began.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like I said, that kind of improvement just, can't, it just continued to happen. You can see obviously 15, 16 around that time, obviously you're bringing in players like Paul McShane, Luke Gale, they all start to come in. Um, it, it really just started to to feel like something really kind of special was happening. Um, just on a bit of a side point as well, I want you to remind me when the first time this happened. When was the first time you got the nod to play six? Because you played a little bit of halfback for Kass, because still some of my favourite memories as a cast fan, to be honest, is, is seeing you just, just patrolling out there and just causing absolute mayhem. <laughs> I think I, think I might have filled in there for
1: a little bit before that, but it would have been that Challenge Cup game. I think it was 20 against Salford. What was that? 2016, 2015? I feels oh, about 2016. Right. Anyway, yeah. So it was it was definitely that game there. That I'd started there. Um, but I'd played, I reckon I played there about 10 times through the career. Just <laughs> most of the time just we've lost a we've lost a six. We'll a five eight we'll chuck Millow in there, which is which was much how I preferred it. Much preferred to be to do it on the run and yeah, while you're in the game, there's no stress about it. But when it was I found it a lot harder when you were when you had a full week to prepare to play that position and um and think about it much more. Whereas when I just got thrown in there, I could just play on instinct and um obviously look, I didn't really play like a traditional five eight. I probably ran the ball a bit more, but I think as I as my my career went on, I became a better organizer and talker, which which obviously suits that position, and you know, I could just organise the boys around me and keep it simple. And most of, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but it um, it's definitely a good experience, and, and I learned a lot from doing it as well.
0: Yeah, I think it worked more times than it didn't, from, from my perspective, to be fair. Yeah. It was pretty, impressive. It was pretty I impressive. I'll
1: never forget. Actually, I think might have been might have been my last year when we played. Um, we we're playing Hull, Hull FC. It was I think it was COVID period played Hull FC and I ended up at six. And um, Jake Connor, as he always does, he was into me. He was tearing shreds. When are you going to retire, you old bastard? All this sort of (laughs) stuff. And I'd scored a try. I played all right at six and we were ahead. And then I said, mate, I'm 35 years old. I'm a front player. I'm playing six and I'm playing better than you. And in the next five minutes, he chipped and chased and won him the game and shut me right (laughs) up.
0: (laughs) Awesome,
1: awesome. So, I mean, yeah, he can talk, so he's got the talent to back it up. I
0: quite didn't. <laughs> Just on that, I mean, obviously, Connor's one of those. In terms of players, you kind of played against uh, in, in Super League. Who are you? Uh, it's a weird one to say, kind of favorite players to play against because they're probably not your favorite when you're playing against them. If that makes sense. But yeah, who are the players you kind of remember kind of most fondly? Uh, I, I guess from your time over in Super League.
1: Um. I wouldn't say players I like I would say teams I just we just I just love playing against Leeds like yeah, um you always sort of just grow another level, you know all of that all of that team in most of the era that we were there and it was just so good you you, you knew you had to be on and like you should always be on, but when you've got that little bit of a rivalry on top of it it, it makes it just makes it that little bit more special and um mate, we used to we used to love playing Leeds like most of the time they were a better side than us, but we probably won more times than we should have. And um there some fantastic memories at home and and playing we used to I used to love playing at Headingley as well. Such a such a great ground and the cast fans would always travel in numbers there and, and be really vocal and got such good memories playing there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was at most of those away games and it was yeah, just yeah. especially during, during that period kind of twenty fourteen to kind of 2018 2019 really that kind of five six years there's a lot of wins over there and there's some pretty special moments yeah for sure yeah i loved it loved it i mean obviously right in the middle of that period is is 2017 and obviously i'm sure you're asked about it quite a bit and certainly were at the time it was obviously a very very special time for us as cast fans and obviously you as a player as well obviously you were in the dream team that year you were the best prop in the super league um I I mean most Cast fans would agree with me that you, you kind of aged like a fine wine to be fair and you had a you had a fair bit of a good rugby after 2017 as well. Um but would you say that's the best rugby you played personally? Uh or was it just more a matter of just the team was just that good in 2017?
1: I think that that side complemented each other so well that we made everyone made each other better. Um obviously, yeah, personally that was probably my best my best year. Um I think I had a few good years around that either side of that as well. But um, the way Macca played that year complimented me, gave me a bit of space to do what I wanted to do. I think what I did gave Gailey a bit of space and then what he did and Benny Roberts did, like it, it just sort of filters out, you know, and um, <clears throat> the structure that we had um was just so effective. And then also the freedom that we had within that to be creative and and, and to put plays on that we've thought about and, and, and wanted to implement and try the training, it all, it all just come together, you know, and you have fun when you're doing that, you're trying things and some things work, some things don't, and you can just, and just change things up. And, um, but yeah, mate, it was such a fantastic year. And um, so it's probably my most favorite memory and my worst memory at the same time that year, you know, because it was so dominant and, and had so much fun throughout the year, but ending on that note is something that I want to forget. And I've never watched the, the that game and I probably Me never either. will.
0: Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had the pleasure to be fair of, uh, obviously Danny Maguire's now in his assistant coach uh, yeah. at the club. I, I had the ch- a chance to speak to him last week and I, I did tell him that I'd, I've never watched it back and it's all his fault. And <laughs> he owes no. all the big apology for that. But, um, yeah, it was I guess bittersweet. sweet. I think I still think more sweet that uh, yeah, I mean for sure. I mean how good we were. And yeah, you know, how how early in the year from I'm talking about dunno if it's pre-season or kind of early weeks, did, did, did the camp just feel we've got it this year? This is very this- early. So we had our
1: we had our trip away in preseason. Um uh, we went to Lanzarote and it just felt different and it just felt special. Um off the field, the boys were always together. The boys were We'd we go for if we had an opportunity, we'd go for a beer, we'd go for a coffee, we'd go for a meal. Um and then I think like it's, it's very much translated to on the field, you know, there's not only the way we attacked, but the way we defended, there was that desperation to if you make Mr. Tackle, you clean it up for him and um and the coaching staff were all a part of that too, you know, you wanted to work for them and it was just um sort of the perfect storm for us that year. And as I said, everyone complimented everyone else. And I don't think it's that often that you, you, well, it's obviously not that often that you sort of get that from, from every, every position all the way through. And um, anyone who came into the side as well, they, they sort of, they, they slotted straight in and knew their role and did their bit. And it, and it just worked. It just worked perfectly.
0: Yeah. hundred um, percent. We're not going to go over Old Trafford. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I will talk about the semi-final though, because I mean it was an unbelievable night. I, th- I think all involved. What What are your memories, and you know, just kind of taught me through that night. I mean, in terms of special nights at Weldon Road, it probably doesn't get better than that. To be fair, I think, and yeah, I mean, the league leader shield now was pretty special as well against Wakefield, but that yeah. semi-final just 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 taught me through that night. Oh,
1: was that the, was that the night Gailey had that had the surgery? Was that that year?
0: That was yeah, a little bit earlier on. Yeah, yeah, earlier
1: little, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that man, that night, I just remember, um, you know, the main thing I remember is how loud it was at the end of the game. Like, we didn't really play that well. Um, And it was just so loud. And to be honest, it was, I had this strange feeling of relief more than anything. Um, Like, obviously I was excited, but the initial one, there was excitement, which turned very quickly into relief and then nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't often get nervous, but like I was like, "This is it. This is our chance." Obviously, that went away, and um, and I sort of flipped my thinking of just got to get through the next game, like, and 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 play it well. Obviously, but it's like I, you know, and I'll be honest with you in a minute. I'll I'll tell you about something. Um, that that game, yeah, man, it was. I'll never forget that. That um, just the the noise from the cast fans and because it's such a proud rugby, rugby, rugby area. And for what, what we did for a little, a little team in, well, there you go, small town, small town in Wakefield is pretty, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's when you think back of, of what we did and we didn't really have the superstars and and all that sort of stuff. We were just such a great team, but it was a little thing like, so talking about um, Old Trafford one thing I probably regret about that is like, you know, what. A lot of people had said, you know, when you go into the game, um, just try and try not to let it overawe you, and try to try and block out some of the emotion, and and treat it like a big game, but don't don't think about it too much. And you know, sort of walked I, when I walked out, I sort of blocked out a lot of the noise and a lot of that, and I think I kind of regret that. Like uh, I, wish I felt the emotion of that a bit more, and um, and treated it like a grand final, and because um, it. Like I have great, I do have great memories of walking out and all that sort of stuff, but I wish I soaked it in a little bit more. Um, but you know, you learn lessons, and I always said when we make the next one, I'll, I'll treat it a little bit differently. But obviously, that didn't happen.
0: It didn't. We, we got pretty close, to be fair, but it didn't quite happen. Just, just final point in that semi-final. I think it's worth. I think it's probably one of the most underrated plays ever by a Cast Tigers player. Um, sure Gailey kicks the drop goal, but you do a hell of a job blocking. <laughs> you got right in the yeah. way of that. <laughs> if you watch the replay, you're doing such a job for him there. Um yeah, I mean, just that actual play. I mean, everything from, I mean, it's junior who gives the pass, isn't it? <laughs> it's a beauty yeah. of your pass out to Gailey. I mean I, I mean, obviously I was there as a I was actually I was doing a little bit of volunteering at the club at the time and it was just I, I don't think I've ever felt a moment like that at Weldon Road when that ball just goes over those posts. It was just, just madness, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was man. As I remember, obviously getting knocked on my backside, and then just looking up and that ball sailing between the posts, and just as I said, the the excitement, and the elation to start with, and then it's the emotion. Like I'm not a very emotional person either, but it um it really hits you because you know you've for myself I'd worked since the age of 17 up until then, and I'd won reserve grade comps and all that sort of stuff, but. To get to the point where it's actually happening was was, was pretty special, and um, the as I said, the, the relief after that was was a strange feeling I wasn't really expecting, but um, it was more, it was probably more relief because I don't feel like we'd really played that well in that game. But um, mate, it's such a special moment, and it's definitely a game up there in my top couple of games that I won't forget,
0: yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, just talking about. I mean, the crowd on the night, I mean, it was pretty good last night, obviously. Um, for those listening, yeah. uh, it's the night after uh, we played Wigan, uh, in the opening round, and just, just having them, the amount of fans in there. Um, it was 10,000 last night, it probably was nearer 11, 11 half. That's yeah. brilliant, yeah, yeah, it was probably nearer 11, 11 and a half, I guess, at the time of the semi final. I mean, it's it's hard to comprehend, isn't it? I guess the people who just don't really know the history of the town and all that kind of stuff, it's a town of 40,000. So to have 11,000 in the stands is it, it, it's, it's crazy. crazy, it's just crazy.
1: That's how I try and explain it to people back here. You know, it's yeah. people at Cass. They they live and breathe it. It's not they might they might not have all the money in the world, but the money that they do have, they'll put into coming to the rugby and and supporting their team. And um, for what's at a quarter of the, popul- the population, obviously they're all not coming from Cass itself, but it's 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 got to be the best supported club per capita in in the Super League, and um, and you can tell by the passion when. When that comes out from the fans, when you're when you're winning or when you're losing, it's 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 all they care about, and and that's probably what makes it so
0: special. Yeah, absolutely, it's pretty remarkable. Um, just kind of post twenty seventeen, then I mean, you almost I think because 2017 is held up there in such high regard by some people. I think people forget how good we were in eighteen and nineteen. In large parts, to be fair, obviously there's semi finals in there. There was. You know, kind of real opportunities are. It seemed like, um, as a group, as a collective, did did you feel like we were really close after twenty seventeen to really get that, to get that grand final appearance again? How close do you think we actually got?
1: I, oh, we obviously got pretty close, but I still don't feel we I think like personally. I don't think we were playing to our potential with the squad we still had. Hmm. I still think we could have been better than we were. Um. And I don't think we were really blowing teams away like we were in, in 2017. We were still obviously very successful, but yeah, um, yeah it's, as you said, I think it's just hard to match the, the peak of 2017 of how attractive and how potent we were as an attacking side and and how hardworking we were as a defensive side. Like um, I think it just our consistency dropped off a little bit, but mate, yeah, we were still very, very hard to beat and we were still a very good team who had – Um, great structures and and great standards. Um, But yeah, I can understand why the cast fans think we dropped off because I personally think we do a little bit as well, but we were still a very, very good side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just skipping ahead again another year or two. One thing I wanted to ask you about, because uh, we've not had too many guests on, to be fair. You're one of the early ones, and uh, obviously only kind of recently been uh, a Casper player. So obviously you were around uh, in 2020 when COVID hit. I mean, that was bizarre it's still obviously a bizarre time for many many reasons but uh, even in the rugby in mean, fact we played that final game against St. Helens, the only sporting fixture pretty much in the world that day I think <laughs> when we played Saints and obviously beat Saints that day and we looked great and then obviously we come back four or five months later wherever it is and what was it like going from that kind of that to playing in front of those kind of empty stadiums and obviously no real atmosphere being there the cutouts or whatever it might be that must have been so so bizarre for you as a player
1: yeah it was strange it was so strange um they felt more like the games felt like more like opposed training runs than anything like you have you had to try and build your own atmosphere um 100% once the crowds come back the intensity lifted um but i still think like the way the world was i felt like we were lucky to still be able to do yeah what we did um it's just like I don't know it was so odd I remember I think the first game back was at Leeds and you could hear the commentators in the stands talking and <laughs> mentioning your name and all like it was just odd it was just so odd um but yeah look it, it was what it was as you said that the world was such a crazy crazy place at that time and um it wasn't the wasn't what we as players wanted and how we wanted it to be but I, I personally was thankful that we could still still go to training, even though there's all these restrictions in place, and it was hard. There's a lot of people that had had it much worse off than we did, so I was thankful that we could still at least see see the boys. And there was like you could only, you could only train in small groups, and you had to be certain meters apart, and all that sort of crazy stuff. Doing conditioning, you had your own lane that you had to run in, and couldn't cross over or be close. And crazy. And then eventually, as it come in, yeah, we still had all these restrictions, but you could do contact, so we could tackle each other. But if you tackled each other for a, more than a certain amount of time, that was considered a close contact. Oh, it, was, it was insane, yeah. Was like, <laughs> I felt like they just made up the rules as they went, but it is what it is. We ended up getting through it, didn't we? But um, it had a big effect on a lot of lot of clubs financially, and um, it's a shame it all happened. But hopefully, now everyone's recovered and moved on.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that kind of brings into 2021, then obviously your final season at the club. Um, at what point did you think it was your final season at the club? Because I think, obviously, uh, what was your intention to kind of stay on after that? Obviously, um, you continued playing, obviously, when you back when you went back over to Oz, and clearly you were were still at a level where uh you could have gone on a little bit uh if you really wanted to. So, yeah, when was that decision kind of made in your head? Um, yeah, I had uh,
1: I thought I had another year or Possibly two left in me. Um, I would have only signed for a year. Obviously, I would have just taken it bit by bit. Um, and then, so, you know, Pali was moving on. Um, I had a, ended up having a chat with Lee Radford and it was sort of a bit of a, there's a possibility that it might happen. And then it, um, it sort of ended up obviously not happening. And um, I ended up, spoke to the family spoke to the kids and they were all, all also pretty pretty ready to move home and be a bit closer to the family and spend time with aunties and uncles and cousins and all that sort of stuff but um once um there was a my wife mentioned would you, would you move to another club and I, I just for the sake of another year I just it just it wouldn't have felt right so um I ended up having a a chat with York. I said, I'd probably do championship for a year, maybe or two. I went and um, had a chat with York and that looked like such a fantastic club. And, um, they, they sort of were willing to provide sort of stuff for the next stage of my life. Like they could have, they had, um, ties with York uni and that sort of stuff there. But after having a chat to the kids and that, you know, it was just, it was just time to move home. You know, we'd been there for, for a long time. And the kids sort of, not suffered, but they didn't have their family and have their cousins and aunties and uncles to be around and, and and grow proper relationships with. So it was the right time for us to move home. And, you know, I'm glad we did. We landed in a good spot. We landed, landed a, a pretty good job. And um, we're not too far from the wife's parents. They're about 45 minutes to an hour away, which isn't far for Australian standards. Um, so, yeah, we've it's, it's been brilliant.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask beyond obviously family, which is the big thing. What was it about the kind of the beaches and the beautiful weather and all that kind of stuff that drew you back?
1: <laughs> oh, it's horrible! It's absolutely horrible <laughs> here. You know, we're in a, we're in a great spot in um, southern southern Wollongong area called Shell Harbour. You know, it's five minutes to the beach, five minutes to the shopping centres, fifteen minutes to work. It's it's just a it's a real good spot. Um, and you know, we're lucky. I've I've got. Jai Hitchcocks is working with us in our crew. He's playing wow. at West. Um, Fecky Society Fecky's come back and we got a we got a couple of games out of him. He played a year with us. <laughs> um, he's working with us as well. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a good community down here. And you know, it's, you step into a rugby league team, it's it's um it's a ready ready made group of mates and um all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a great area to live in, and and, and we're pretty thankful that we've landed here
0: yeah absolutely um what are your memories of the kind of that that kind of farewell game then uh i guess it was well actually before i get to that i should mention obviously wembley that year uh in 2021 obviously yeah Yeah, that happened (laughs) again even even that was a little bit even that was a little bit bizarre because even it was half attendance because of covid and things like that even even that seemed a little bit strange and obviously the result uh sadly didn't go our our way on the day but yeah i mean so nearly kind of capping off what was an incredible Tigers career with, with with that elusive trophy, which would have been amazing. But even so, you know, to get the opportunity to go to Wembley again. Um, yeah, how was that day?
1: Yeah, that was pretty special, you know. Like I was so worried. So 2014 I'd missed that Wembley appearance with a um I'd done my knee, I'd done a medial ligament. And then um Earlier in the year, in in like in, in my last season there, I'd done the exact same injury, yeah, and I was worried history was going to repeat itself. But thankfully, we had a bit of time. Um, probably come back still a little bit underdone, but as I was, was wasn't going to miss that if Powley was willing to select me, you know, I'd um trained as hard as I could off feet, and that but there's there's nothing like running and wrestling and to get you fit, so. I played, um, I think it was Salford the week before, just to make sure I could get through that before we played played at Wembley and um, thankfully it all went well. Um, such a good experience to to play in that game, you know. I knew that fitness fitness wise, I wasn't yeah in peak condition, but I was just going to do everything I could and tried to, I remember, kick off. I think it was McCarthy, Scarsbrook carried and I tried to put a shot on him and had good contact. And then I knew that I'd be all right for, for, for a while. Cause you know, it's when you come back, it's not just your conditioning. It's um, your defensive timing can be out and you just don't like, you, you still make your tackles, but it, it just doesn't feel hundred percent right. But I was thankful I had that game the, the week before because I felt, felt pretty sound going into that match. And again, we lost, but I didn't, I felt like we, we played pretty well, but they were just that same side, you know, it's, best side in the world I reckon For especially in Super League and then they won World Club Champions not that long thereafter you know they're they're a brilliant side and um, sometimes you just can't beat the class that they'd had but I think we gave a pretty good account of ourselves and even though it was a loss I'll take that one a bit a bit easier than the 2017 one and remember that a bit more fondly
0: yeah yeah absolutely I think it's fun as well I think that's one you can kind of look back on it as, as fondly as you can uh, in terms of a loss. I mean, like, like I said, in terms of the pride of the club and all that kind of stuff, it's just to see Cass walk out at Wembley is, is an unbelievable thing. Certainly in British culture, in sporting culture, to walk out at Wembley is such a special a uh, special thing. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad account of ourselves in the day. I mean, Niall got the Lance Todd, didn't he? One man of the match. Yeah, that's is, right. For a losing side is unheard of, really. Rare, <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: It's a special, special achievement, yeah.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, kind of going on. Then I'll, I'll go back to that that kind of farewell game. So obviously, it ended up being Warrington down the lane. Um, it it was a a weird night in a way. It was so emotional on the terraces. I was there. Obviously, it wasn't just yourself. Obviously, it was Shenny and uh, and Paulie and, and a bunch of players. Uh, kind of moving on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What are your memories of that kind of final? That final bad week Were you scored, I believe as well. I believe you, you did get a try. Yeah, it it did. Day, yeah. I, mean.
1: I don't get many, but it's nice to get one. Then, <laughs> uh, man, that was such a weird whole week for me like i very nearly didn't play um so obviously we, we knew we we're moving back to australia i was packing up the house um early in the week on the on the previous weekend and i had a, a weights rack that i was sort of that we were bringing home that i was sort of trying to undo oh no and i had a couldn't <laughs> couldn't get the the nut and the bolt off and as i was like undid it the weights, like it dropped and the part, the hook part where you rack a weight bar hit me in the Achilles ah. and it sliced, like took a big chunk out of, I was thankful that it didn't cut my Achilles. The doctors didn't know how it didn't, but it, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. Um, I think I had about eight stitches in, in where my Achilles was. Couldn't, could hardly train all week. Um, all I had to do, I just put a, a gauze pad on it and wrapped it up and hope for the best. Like it was, it was likely going to open back up, but um, so I had limited movement in in my ankle and all sorts of stuff, but, you know, come run through day, I, I, I went for a run and got through the session. Okay. Um, and then thankfully I, once I got out there on the pitch, I didn't really feel it. Um, definitely felt it afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> um, so that was my first worry. And then, and when, when, once I got out there, I forgot about it, so it was fine, which is what happens with most of your niggling injuries. But um, I, was, I was thankful, very thankful to be able to play in it. And, um, you know, it's, it was the end of an era for a lot of us. You know, I wasn't just, sad's not the word, but um, it, was, it was just emotional that this was it and it was all coming to an end. It's such a big part of mine and my family's life, um, like doing that every week and, um such obviously something that I enjoyed so much and not being able to just do it with me, but do it with your mates and do it for your coach who you've had such a brilliant relationship with is, is um that all coming to an end was it was sad, but it was special. I felt it was good that we a lot of us did that all together, you know, it was finished it all together and all we'll move on to to whatever was next.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um obviously when you when you originally came over in, in kind of twenty eleven. Uh, I think you've said before that the original plan was probably a year or two. Could you have ever imagined at that point that, you know, 10 years on you'd be 240 plus appearances? And I mean, widely widely regarded as, you know, one of Castleford's greatest ever imports from Australia. I mean, definitely up there in the top two or three. And for for many, certainly this modern era would say you're number one. I mean, yeah. Could you ever kind of imagine that as a, I guess, a 24 year old coming over?
1: Not a chance. We, as I said, we were coming, we were going to do two years and experience the world and head back and start the next chapter of our lives. Um, but you know the way it worked out? At first, year was pretty tough um, on and off the field. Like it, it, And at the time, you don't realise it's tough. You just get on with it, and but you look back on it once you are settled and... And it's not, it's not easy, you know, you've being away from everything, you know, and all your mates and all your, and your family and all that sort of stuff and bring your my fiance at the time over and not only worrying about myself, like she's homesick, she's missing, like, have I done made, have we made the right choice? She's struggling a little bit and, and then to move on and, you know, you sort of embed yourself in the culture and you um, and, and you really buy into the town and what it's all about and, things just get easier and you, you learn to love the place, you know, it's becomes your home. Um, so yeah, man, like for it to, to play that many games there and, and, um, and experience what we did never, ever thought that would happen. And, um, it's funny that yeah, the boys at, at training now give me, give me a fair bit of stick. I ended up on two ninety nine professional career games between super league and the NRL, uh, so yeah, you couldn't even play three hundred games. You're soft, all this other <laughs> stuff. So, Got that pretty often, but um, two nine nine, not bad. Two nine nine, not bad. Yeah, still not three hundred,
0: is it? That's the cricket. Dropped me that's first. the gas. think the it was cricket. the last season. Yeah.
1: Um, he he rested. Pally rested me. In he inverted commas for last magic game, like the last season. He goes, oh, I want you to be, I want you to be, um. Be ready for the back end of the season, and you can finish strong. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." Obviously, don't look at numbers and didn't do the math, yeah. but it would have put me over for sure. So, <laughs> so yeah, man. As I, as as I said, that the thought of what we achieved and how long we were there for never would have entered my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I put stuff in storage at Mum's house, thinking we are be back in two years, and it was still there ten years later. So,
0: <laughs> amazing. I saw the shirt you pulled out a couple of weeks ago as well on the. Uh, on yeah, found that in the storage. Oh, yeah, sure, but, uh, uh, but
1: I've I've kept most of them. Um, don't know what I'm going to do with them all yet. But um, <laughs> I, like I I would give one away most years, but there's just two special special memories for me, and they they might not care, but I'll hold on to it for, for my kids, mainly my young fella. And if if he wants to do anything with him, he can. If not, he can be, he can bin them, But I've um I've kept them. They're pretty special for me.
0: Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, um, basically for those of... Well, no one will know this. Well, the, the reason I got your number is basically because I got to know your brother a little bit Uh, yeah. when, he, when he came over. I and...
1: apologise for that.
0: <laughs> one of my favourite... It's such a human story, this as well. Away from the rugby and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the fact you were over here. I mean, your brother found a British wife. I mean, basically coming over and, you know, obviously watching you week in, week out. He did. And has now got a young family back over in Oz with with a Brit. I mean yeah. that's crazy, isn't it? I mean it's such a an amazing thing like you kind of uh, coming over here originally kind of inadvertently caused that, I guess.
1: Yeah, well he he's an he, well, he's just an idiot. He came over <laughs> and mum I think honestly he he, th- he thought he was here for 2 months and he forgot August was a month that he booked so he was here for 3. <laughs> and the one thing mum said was don't find a British wife cuz you'll never come back. And he did the exact opposite. Did the exact opposite of what she said, and she's brilliant, Megan. She was, meek, um, well, Megan, as we like to call her here. She probably hates that, but um, she was um, working for Leeds Rhinos. Unfortunately, she's a big Leeds fan, and um, she, she obviously he obviously found something that that he that he that he liked in her, and she's she's brilliant. She's probably the first girlfriend that kept him in check. He was a he was the boss of all of them, and that's not happening with her, which is brilliant. So he's um he's very happy. They've they've just built a house, um, hour or two north of Sydney. Um, she's just she's got a brilliant job as well. They've just had a little boy, James, which is um which is which is awesome. Um, they've done really well as a couple. They should be proud. And she's she's actually working for the Newcastle Knights now, doing something a little bit similar to what she was doing at Leeds. So she's landed a another dream role there for her so they're both doing really well
0: that's brilliant a nice little story for the listeners because obviously it's just a beautiful thing yeah. just a beautiful thing so shout out
1: her- he met her in the boot and shoe across the road of the, from the ground <laughs> so I'm surprised he could talk if when he was talking to us bringing <laughs> them double pints
0: <laughs> shout out to Pat shout out to Pat um, yeah. yeah just just to finish up there, I mean I guess obviously it's been as I say two and a half years now uh, since she left the club it doesn't feel like two and a half years but it, it has been um how how often or how closely do you keep up with the cast nowadays in terms of results in terms of, uh, tracking? I know you mentioned to me uh, before before we start recording. You watched last night's game, yeah. How 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 often do you keep up with the cast nowadays?
1: Always checking the scores and all that sort of thing. And the first year I was probably stepped away from it a little bit, um, and then, you know, kept in touch with a lot of the boys that were there. But the sides, the squads changed so much in that two and a half years. Like it's. Yeah, it's almost unrecognizable from when I was there. Um, obviously it was a pretty lean year last year. We were pretty, I think we were pretty lucky to, yep. to survive. Um, but man, I watched that game last night, and um, I'm pretty, I was pretty impressed to be honest. That that Wigan side's red hot. Um, I'll be surprised if they don't win it again themselves. And um, I love like watching that 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 first, especially the first. 15, 20 minutes, the way Cass moves the ball, um, they're playing with confidence, they had good structure. Cass went after him defensively. Um, Do I think that we're going to win the comp? Probably not, but do I think that we'll nick a few sides off that we probably don't have the right to? Yeah, probably. Um, I like what um, Craig and Danny have done, like the way that they've obviously been coached. They've got the confidence to move the ball and... um, and their attacking structures, especially, look really good. Um, it's just a matter for the boys to be consistent now and and keep chipping away at it. And I think what what I realised when I first got there is, if as long as you put an effort in and and you give a good good account of yourselves and and you respect the badge, I think that the cast fans appreciate it. And the, the cast fans are smart enough to know. I think that then they're, they're not going to win all the time, but as as I said, as long as the the effort's there and and, and they're not disrespecting the badge of to the town and the club, I think that they'll they'll be happy. And I think that they'll do that more often than not the way that they look.
0: Yeah. I mean, as someone who's obviously a big part of those squads kind of back in kind of 2015-ish, I mean, a lot of the talk around Cass has been, uh, you know, the signings, the unheralded, you know, they've not, they've not done anything in the game. But I mean, obviously a lot of the players we kind of brought in into the squad you were in in 2015, even, you know, Galey, Mike McMeek and Dennis Salamone came from like relegated clubs or I mean, Gayle also came from Bradford and, you know, it doesn't matter, does it? It's to a certain degree, you know. What I mean, I, I think as you say, I think you're the perfect person to speak about it. But if the effort, that determination's there, and they've got obviously the base level required, that can be enough at times, can't it? They don't need to be grand final winners necessarily coming in to, in order to to make it, make an impact.
1: No, you, you build you build a you build a squad who's capable of doing that on effort, and you know you sign people with, especially when like that area you were talking there, you're almost signing people with something to prove, and those are the type of players who are, who are going to give you the effort and going to give you, if they've got the right attitude and want to prove that, that they're capable and that they're, they're the best. Um, you know, they've signed a couple of guys over here from the lower grade, grades in Australia. They're going to go over there and, 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 and just do their best because they've been given an opportunity that they couldn't find here. Yeah. Um, I watched them last night and I, th- I thought they were all pretty impressive. And um excited about the squad I probably wouldn't say that but I'm excited the way that the squad's heading you know you, you you've got to start somewhere you build that base and then you can which is what we did we, we had a, a pretty solid base and then every year we added one or two players and it's sort of all come together and um mate it's, it's it's moving in the right direction which is all which is all that you can ask for and I think off the field as well um the, the club's they might not be putting all the money that they can into, into the squad at the moment, but they're trying to build the facilities and the backroom sort of side of things. So you can be the club in the future that can um that can attract the big name players and all that sort of stuff. So you gotta get the grassroots of the club done first and then and then and then you can improve, you know. Um when I when I first started, there wasn't much grassroots there and we slowly built to a point where we could we could build a good squad but i think the club's got to progress again before before really that that we can compete at the top on, on the field so get get those bits done first and hopefully in the next three four five years we'll um we'll see another cast side that's up there competing for trophies
0: couldn't agree more couldn't agree more um i oh, know oh, you were back over in the uk last year is that right did you come back over for a little bit
1: yeah so when we when we moved back to australia Uh, Eddie had cancelled our flights on two days' notice. We had three kids, packed up the house, sent it all away. We had nothing, and they didn't give us a refund. They gave us credit. So we had to buy new flights and do all that. So the credits were going to expire, so we just went not letting them have it for free. So we just come back for a long trip for two weeks. We um, did a week back in Cass and saw saw as many people as we could and to those who we didn't get around to seeing apologize we apologize but it was just a whirlwind trip and then we went and did four or five days in Portugal just to to relax and have a bit of time off and relax away from work and straight back into into
0: the real world absolutely well if you do head back at any point uh over the next few years I mean thank you so much for doing this give me a shout I'll buy you a beer it's been, it's been an absolute it's been an absolute Take pleasure you up on to have you on. absolutely <laughs> mate absolutely it's been a pleasure to have you on I'm sure people have absolutely loved listening to this um, you are a, a true fan favourite of the last 10-12 uh, years um, a, a true legend of the game mate and a true legend of the Tigers so yeah thank you so much for coming on
1: awesome mate thank you appreciate those words and we'll definitely be back obviously with the kids all being born there that's a part of their lives that we want to um, we want to make not well make them aware and appreciate where they're from so it's um, we'll be back. Might not be in the next year or two, but save up some cash and we'll be back. Awesome. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it.
0: So there we have it. Uh, I just want to be on record again. Thank you so much to Grant uh, for taking the time out to come onto the podcast and give us an hour of his time, as he explained at the top of the show. Uh, now working, now working in the mines, uh, doing night shifts and all that kind of stuff. So the the fact he was able to find time uh, to come on the podcast is is a brilliant thing, and uh, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, the last hour or so was very very enjoyable i absolutely loved that chat with grant and i'm sure uh, we'll try and get him on again at some point down the line thank you all for listening i really hope you've enjoyed that follow us on social media at the Koifcast, uh twitter facebook instagram wherever you do most of your business social media wise do make sure you follow us on there and let us know who else you want to hear on the podcast no one's really off limits at this point um everybody knows someone in rugby league there's a way to make things happen so if there's any particular guests you want to get on the podcast do let me know over on the social media channels thanks once again and we'll see you next time coif